Hey there, welcome to this episode of the Books and Such podcast with Max and Caleb. I'm Max. I'm Caleb. Let's talk about books. And such. Nice. Today, we're going to be discussing George Orwell's 1984. 1984 is a dystopian political social science fiction novel. Yeah, it's like the, it's like the Mad Max Fury Road of like the 1950s. So 1984 was published in 1949, and George Orwell uh, actually wrote large parts of it while suffering from severe tuberculosis, uh, and it was actually the final book that he ever wrote in his life, which is pretty metal, if you really <laughs> think about it. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> 1984, it's really like, it's, it's, the, it's the peak dystopian novel, right? I would agree. Yeah, I mean, Big Brother... Even if you've never read 1984, you recognize Big Brother. Yeah, it's a commonplace term. Yeah, like Big Brother is watching you is something that you just... It's used now to just as a blanket term to refer to any kind of government surveillance, really. It's just understood. Yeah, it's which is really um, representative of like the cultural impact of this book. Uh, basically, 1984 follows this dude. And this guy's name is Winston Smith. Winston Smith. <laughs> Winston Smith lives uh, in England. Well, what was England? What was England? Uh, what was London, actually, uh, in 1984. Uh, sorry, 1984. <laughs> uh, forgot. Um, <laughs> we're stupid. Yep. Um, basically, he lives in London uh, in this dystopian future where socialism has prevailed, what they call... Uh, I'm not totally sure if it's pronounced Ingsoc or Ingsoc. It's I-N-G-S-O-C. But basically, it's a shortening. It's what they call um, a, what is it, a new New speech? Yeah, a new speech term for English socialism. Yeah, so Ingsoc or Ingsoc, I'm I'm not totally sure, is English socialism. And that's basically to reflect the fact that society at this point has completely surrendered to... Socialism. Capitalism is a thing of the past, basically. This was, I think, George Orwell trying to show the dangers and severity of what could happen with un unchecked socialism. I think, yeah, I I feel like a lot of people will take 1984s to be deeply anti-socialist and very pro-free market, but I feel like on, uh, at a more central level, it's it's mostly anti. I'd say big government. I'd, I would agree. I'd almost say it's more libertarian than yes. anything else to an extent. Um, basically, what's happened is there's been this war, um, and it's implied that there's been nuclear fallout yeah. and the like, um, and that the world has basically devolved um, into a shell of kind of the prosperity of what it once was. The, the main character, Winston Smith, can barely remember kind of snippets of his life prior to socialism. I know he talks about barely remembering his mother and his father and I think his sister as well. Yeah, that's a, a very key part of the book, actually, yeah. was him trying to remember and how well this Big Brother government has done with erasing everything before itself yeah. to make it seem all-powerful and all-knowing. There was nothing but Big Brother historically. Yeah. And that ties into Winston and Winston is really your average kind of man at this point in history in this alternate reality where he's what they call an outer party member. So he's a member of the Socialist Party uh, and he has the rights and the um, privileges that come with that. But he's not one of the upper 
kind of higher class yeah. members. He's 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 a worker basically, um, but he's above what are called the proles, which is very obviously in reference to the proletariat. Um, and he basically works in what is called the Ministry of Truth. Yes. And his job there is he sits at a desk all day and will receive things, thing, basically news articles, um, snippets from books, writings, anything like that, that has since been contradicted, contradicted. by Big Brother. So if Big Brother says, uh, there's one where basically um, a soldier received a medal and then it was found out that he didn't do something that he was supposed to do. And therefore, he wrote out, basically erased that article from history and made it seem as if Big Brother was flawless. Which it's is, it's is the job of Winston and everybody in his apart, department sorry, to daily adjust history so that every prediction and article that was ever put out or released by Big Brother reinforces itself and has never seen a flaw. Yeah, it's shown to come true. Um, and to doctor numbers and product numbers and all that, and all different kinds of things like that. Um, and that's a big part of what Big Brother is in this book. Big Brother is in the business of rewriting history. Um, trying to make it... It's basically the view that if no one can remember anything but now, they'll never complain. Is exactly. really the whole thing, which is why it's so focal for Winston to attempt to remember things, and also so dangerous. Yes, which brings up the idea of these thought police, which yeah. it integrates in this futuristic um, socialist world that has been created, their actual police of thought. Yeah, li- uh, I mean, literally, you can imagine uh, someone has the ability to look at you or not even have to look at you and know that what you're thinking is something they would consider to be dissentful or um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Radical. Um, Anything vaguely anti-government or even free thought to some extent. Yeah, exactly. Not even, it doesn't even have to be anti-government. And it's said multiple times. Um, another focal part of the book without spoiling anything is uh, Winston uh, through his, he likes to take walks uh, through London occasionally. And on one of these walks, he passes by um, basically a pawn shop. Yes. And he finds a blank journal. Um, and he ends up going and buying an inkwell and a pen, like an old-fashioned inkwell and uh, ink pen. And uh, he sits in a cubby in his apartment out of wa- out of view of what's called a telescreen, which is basically a television but also camera in home security yeah and mandatory in home security and recorder uh recording device in your home he sits out of view of this and writes down (laughs) and writes down thoughts that if they were to be discovered would basically lead to his uh disappearance or vaporization i think is what it's referred to in the novel Basically, when somebody who's known to have thought or acted anti-government is erased from history. Yeah. Um, And one of the main tools Big Brother uses to try and accomplish this is this thing that they refer to as uh, new speech, uh, which if you can imagine the word new and the word speech and just push them together, that's, that's how you spell new speech. 
And it's basically their attempt to cull what they view. It's basically their attempt to cull what they view as unnecessary words from the English language. So um, that's when you get terms, which you may have heard in conversation, uh, and you may not have known what they meant, but they come from 1984. Terms like the, like the word doublethink. Yes. So doublethink is a really large portion of the book and how, of what Winston is feeling. Doublethink is basically the idea that you can accept one reality while at the same time accepting a differing reality. And it's a confusing concept to grasp. I actually have a, a quote from a passage when Winston was talking to a coworker about new speech. This coworker, I can't remember his name, it was his job to develop the yeah. next edition of new speech. It's the guy, they basically are meeting in a cafeteria. Yes. And the man is quoted as saying, the aim of new speech is to narrow the range of thought, mm-hmm. which... That was the key point, but that entire passage was kind of terrifying in yeah, a way. Yeah, it really was. The idea of limiting thought, limiting speech to a point where you can't even think of the words to contradict exactly. government. Because you've only been given the capabilities to use very specific words, and that's the whole point, really. Um, Which is, to an extent, visible today, but yeah. that gets a little political. Yeah, so. that g- <laughs> Yeah, that whole passage is chilling because basically when they're in this cafeteria and they're talking, Winston's inner monologue, he's basically saying that this man across from him who's borderline fanatical about his work and very devoted to Big Brother, he outwardly says that he believes that, well, not outwardly, but he thinks uh, very clearly that that man is going to be basically vaporized and killed because he's just... He describes it as this spark or this little inkling that he has inside of him that just makes him too, he's a little too smart. He's a little too self-aware. Too self-aware, exactly. That's a really good way to put it. Um, And that plays into this concept of doublethink. And it's one that Winston experiences a lot. I think the best way to explain it is kind of through an example. In his job, Winston has to remedy Winston has to remedy the two realities of the original article that he's being provided with and the information that he's replacing that with. And they both have to exist conflictingly in his mind as truth. Yes. Which is in itself paradoxical. But it really almost quantifies and uh, exemplifies um, the daily life for people like Winston, people who are part of the party but aren't quite as fanatical as they will want the thought police in the party to believe. And Winston refers to one of his coworkers from this department as being vaporized not even two weeks ago from when he was speaking. And I think that that shows that this department, as it's been created by George Orwell, has kind of designed to be vaporized. If you're going to give a person like Winston the ability to know both what is historically true and what it is becoming due to big brother. If you know both realities, there's no way you can live your entire life without having some form of thought as caught by the thought police that won't get you in serious trouble knowing, 
openly what the government is changing and having to be creative enough to be the one to change it. Exactly. That's a big part of it because these are basically writers. They're fabricating these stories, which seems directly contradictory to the values of um, to the values of Big Brother. I mean, it really does seem like a job in the Ministry of Truth is just um, basically a death sentence at that point. Yes. And I think that's a big part of news new speech as well, where they're trying to... Because if logistically, with the kind of regime that Big Brother has, you can never feasibly get rid of the Ministry of Truth. Because you can't physically... Know uh, and predict of, everything. Yeah, predict all of these things correctly, and all everything has to go perfectly. So there's always going to have to be people doctoring the past. I think the plan, or at least the, the the hope for Big Brother, is that through the use of new speech and such, they can make it so that um, the people reading these newspapers don't even register fallacies or incorrectness. I think the goal is to make it so that the stream of consciousness is so narrow and unified that it's just unfeasible that they yes. could be incorrect. Whereas I think... Because Winston is of the age where he can still remember things, it's too, arguably too early mm-hmm. in the existence of this state, this socialist state, for that to be the case. Which is also interesting to look at if the state truly is that young that when Winston strains hard enough, he can remember glimpses of it, then how quickly it was able to take over everything. Yeah. How quickly Big Brother was able to implement itself as this almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing government entity in a short enough amount of time to be in one man's life. Yeah. The fact that merely by changing history and punishing those who disagree, it can alter history. And it changed very quickly because there's um, there's active um, examples of the older, not older, but the original um, leaders of the party, like Goldstein. So yeah. Goldstein was a, at one point the leader of the party. He was mm-hmm. nowadays he's uh, talked about as being a compatriot, a comrade of Big Brother at the beginning of the wars. Um, but now he's seen as this traitor and this uh, uh, the order of this revolutionary group called the Brotherhood. Um, and basically, it's really interesting to think that they've had the efficiency to overturn the government that was already in place, uh, form a new government, overturn the original members <laughs> of that government, and now have a stabilizing government in Big Brother. And I think that has to speak to... <laughs> and turn the entirety of the public eye against those original against members. Against the original members, yeah. Because Winston talks about there's this cafe he frequents. Uh, it's the Something Tree Cafe. It's it's a... Uh, it's menial. Yeah, it's it's escaping my, uh, my memory right now. Um, but basically... Um, I'm sorry. Uh, he Winston speaks about how he can remember at one point being at this cafe and seeing three members, former leading members of the party, and how there was like this cloud of distrust and uh, 
and anger around them and how they were avoided by everyone else and how this cafe was seen as a place where radicals kind of um, uh, congregated, uh, which implies that it didn't, it wasn't that long prior yeah. to that they were in power and that Big Brother has already effectively transformed them into the villains, like with the sheep videos that they show of Goldstein. Yep. It's just, it, it reminds me of like that scene from Clockwork Orange, if you've seen the movie, mm-hmm. when they're brainwashing Alex and they hold his eyes open and just you show force all him to of these images. Yeah, it's this... They got a quick turnaround time. Yeah, it's this really efficient subliminal messaging. To the extent where is it even subliminal? I mean, <laughs> it feels very forced. The last thing we're going to discuss is one of the uh, main themes that stays throughout the novel is the saying coined by Big Brother and shown across billboards and screens throughout all of its reach. Um, the three-line the three line phrase, war is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength. Yeah, and I think... More than anything, I'd argue, that shows the principles of that double thing. Yes. That paradoxical reality. Because, I mean, just think about those words in as they are in the English language. War, peace, freedom, slavery, ignorance, strength. We view them, ex- with, ex- with the exception of ignorance and strength, they're... Polar opposites. Polar opposites. They're viewed worldwide as... Um, the antithesis to each other. Um, So to be able to take that phrase and with it form the core of your political ideals and structure and to have people agree with it and to accept it is terrifying. And that's what's eerily terrifying about this book is Orwell creates a world in which this is believed and does such a good job showing that that it starts to make sense to the reader. Exactly. Like, I've marked down that war is peace kind of makes sense. Like, he, Winston refers to the fact that the state they're in, I, what is Big Brother State called? There's, there's a name for the entire region of which Big Brother oh, controls. I yeah, can't remember I, right now. I, I can't. Basically, the world is divided into three sections. And Winston, Winston says that one is always at war with the other, which yeah. is always at war with the other. There is never peace. And that brings peace. Because, exactly. like, historically, the United States finds unity most in a time of war. Everyone bands together and helps each other. And that's Oceana. what Sorry. Oceana. Oceana. And that's what Winston shows is yeah. that through through this war there is a time of peace within the country. Yeah. Even though there's international violence. Yeah. And the freedom of slavery. Um they're you could say enslaved to Big Brother, even though none of them view it that way. Yeah. Freedom or hold on. <laughs> yeah, slavery in the sense that Big Brother explains it yeah. is freedom from worry and independence. Exactly. Being enslaved to Big Brother, they never have to worry about their provisions or where yeah. they're going to live. It's all government mandated. Yeah. And that ignorance is strength, even. You can say their ignorance of dangerous thoughts is yep. their strength in the party. Exactly. The more ignorant you are, in theory, the higher ranking in the party you are. Which Down. is why it's so brilliant to me, I think, that or- Orwell was trying so hard to kind of show that humans, we can talk ourselves into <laughs> anything. It's that yeah. kind of like when you first read that three-line phrase, you're thinking, you think this is ridiculous. And rightly so. 
But then if you sit there and, and you, you keep reading and you keep reading it and you keep thinking about it, you can trick yourself into believing it. And it's not true and it doesn't make sense. But, but it can, does. But you can but make, it doesn't. But you can make yourself view it as truth, which is ridiculous. And I think we'd be remiss not to talk a little bit about why this book is still important today. And I think that's because since its publication it's only become more relevant yeah, and true. 1984, since its publication in 1949, has stood as a reference block to any kind of perceived invasions of privacy, the growth of technology, um, anything in that vein of society, you will hear countless comparisons to 1984 and Big Brother and being watched in a lack of privacy. And I think in the age of this technological boom that we're in currently, where, I mean, I fully know and accept that my iPhone listens to everything I say, but I choose to live in ignorance of that while also accepting it. Is that isn't that double think? Exactly. I mean, isn't that isn't that exactly what I'm doing? And I way back when the idea of being listened to twenty four seven is alien and seems dangerous, but now it's become yeah just spoken about as so commonplace. commonplace. That, like yeah, I I when I'm online and I see an ad for something that I was talking uh, with a friend about. I, I register it as being because my the microphone on my phone or my laptop or any, anything like that in my house. Uh, and at times it seems convenient. At times, that's the thing. At times, I'm not upset about it. Yeah. Like, any, it's an, we live in an age of instant gratification in which it's not that big a deal. And, I mean, personally, I have sometimes a view where I think, I don't talk about things that are that important. Exactly. Like they're not getting any irrelevant information. They're not getting anything from my life that is going to detrimentally affect me. But also, I mean, in theory, we are heading closer and closer to the direction of the society of 1984. I don't think they were falling into any kind of like socialist, no. neo-Bolshevik territory by any means. Um, but in terms of the telescreens and the and the and the more technological side of Big Brother in Newspeak 1984. For sure. And Newspeak for sure. Um, I think George Orwell was just, what, 30 years too early? 30, almost 40? Yeah. Like, I think, I think he just over, I think he undershot it a little bit. Which That's why is, it's, I believe, such an important novel for most people to read. Yeah, I think it Just really to is. understand what's happening, like, subconsciously to us. And I don't think it will ever stop being relevant accepting the fact that a society like this arises and bans the book. Exactly. That's exactly. And I, you know what? This book is being banned in some schools. Absolutely. I think if you look, so there it is. I think if you looked at certain countries, uh, you, like you take your, not even, and it does, it's not even a political standpoint, just facing the facts of there are countries in this world that are totalitarian dictatorships. You look at your North Korea's, you look at, um, uh, leaders like a, a Saddam Hussein, those, those kinds of guys, they are. You will find regimes ban this book. Yep. All the time because it hits too close to home. Because it shows what's going on in that nation. Exactly. It's, that country it's a very accurate representation of what can happen when people will talk themselves into anything. And yes, there are so many factors that go into the rise of a regime, of into the rise of anything in that vein. 
So you can't take them all into account, but there is a reason that this book has remained so relevant. And I think it will remain relevant. And that's why I think we agree that it's a very important, very important piece of novel. literature yes. and that it's something that everyone should read. Um, if not, just a better... First, just because it's a good book. It's yeah, a, it's, it's a, a great well, read. It's a well-written book. Uh, it's an interesting book. Um, but also, just to help you more effectively understand what's going on around you, especially in today's age. Stay woke. Yes, yeah, stay woke. I, I mean, really, this was relevant in 1949. It's relevant in 2019. Yep. Which is kind of incredible. Now, I don't think we'd be doing our jobs if we didn't try to leave you with a little bit of a hook. A little bit of unfinished business as to what happens to the novel to try and galvanize you to go and read it. So, like I mentioned earlier, Winston does have this novel that he not novel, my journal. apologies, this journal that he's writing his thoughts down. These thoughts where I think he scribbles on a page countless times, down with Big Brother, down with yes. Big Brother, down with Big Brother. Subconsciously. Subconsciously. This is just yeah. I mean, does he does he get caught with this journal? Um what happens in society with these constant wars? Um, I mean, there's so many unanswered questions that I hope you will go and you will read 1984 by Orson Welles to find nope. the answers to. I hope you will read <laughs> 1984 by George Orwell. George Orwell, not Orson Welles, to find the answers to. I'm Max. I'm Caleb. And this has been Books and Such. Thank you. <laughs>